Welcome to the Fantasy Zone Podcast with Ralph Mazone and Evan DePauli as your captains on the deck. Strap yourselves in for we are about to take off into the unknowns of fantasy sports deep space. Together we will explore the eons of fantasy information and challenge unknown dangers to bring our fantasy rosters out of the black holes. Episodes coming Tuesday and Friday on the podcast sections of Spotify, Apple, and Google. November 24th, 2020. This is episode 5 of the Fantasy Zone podcast. I'm your host, Ralph, with my co-host, Evan. Hello, everybody. Today, we have a very nice show planned for you. We are going to be diving into injury news, as always. Stars are Mars. And then we're going to be going into waivers and a big Thanksgiving Day preview special. This is a day where playoff matchups, playoff participation will be decided. And it's going to be a hell of a day. I have a lot of players actually playing in these three games. So we'll see if uh, the fantasy gods are... Well, I'm going to be thankful for the fantasy gods on that particular day. Yeah, hopefully the old gods and the new gods will be in our favor on this American Thanksgiving. Yes, and then we'll be following that up with a little bit of Turkey Day DFS, that uh, little lineup that I've set up. I don't know if you set up one, Evan. I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I'll definitely do that. Oh, definitely. And then we're going to try to uh, introduce a new segment called Free Speech. And this is where we'll be talking about different topics without stats, just blurting out our opinions on the matters. So it's going to be a fun-filled episode, and we'll just hop right into the injury news. Okay, so the first one we have here, obviously, uh, poor guy, devastating for Joe Burrow. He's got a torn ACL and a torn MCL. Um, he's obviously done for the year, and his status, in fact, for next year, uh, for week one, is in question. Um, it's possible for him to come back um, for week one, but it just remains to be seen. Another little note here I have is, uh, yeah, that whole passing game is a huge downgrade with uh, whichever quarterback it ends up being. I know that they haven't committed fully to Finley yet, and uh, they have Brandon Allen, I believe, as the third string there. And I even right before that game, they announced that they put Joe Mixon on the IR. So overall, that Bengals offense is just one big mess right now. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing because I was rather hoping to actually start T. Higgins in, in one of the playoff weeks. He had a nice matchup. Uh, I can't exactly remember against two, but... Uh... Yeah, just if you have those Bengals, it's it's time to pull the plug unless it's uh, Giovanni. Well, I mean, if you're into streaming defenses, because for me, I was looking at the matchups for defenses overall in the playoffs, and you, we, I was looking for some of those teams that are like easy cash-ins, right? And so far this year, there haven't been very many teams, except for maybe the Jets that have been like, you got to cash in on that, maybe even the, the Cowboys for a couple of weeks, but not so much anymore. The Bengals might be that fantasy gold mine for defenses if you could snatch up one of them for these fantasy playoffs. Very true, Ralph. So we'll go on next to uh, Randall Cobb. He's playing in the Thursday night, the Thursday afternoon game against the Lions. He's expected to miss with a toe injury. He's actually getting a second opinion. He's probably going to go on the IR. I don't know how many people are starting Randall Cobb, but if you were, you'll have to look at other options. Yep. Next, Rex Burkhead, uh, Torres ACL, obviously done for the year. Um... 
he hasn't had his MRI yet. Actually, I don't believe, but I mean that's the way it's looking. Yeah, this is it would on on surface would look like it would be very good for Harris, but this actually opens up a spot for James White to be fantasy valuable viable again. So, yep, I agree with that. Next, we're going to go on to Kyler Murray. He's uh, busy rehabbing his shoulder, um, but this hasn't put him out for the gate for the week. So. We're going to have to monitor as the week goes on how his participation in practice is going to be and how his shoulder is feeling to see if we get a feel for how he start, if he's going to start or not. Yeah, I heard that uh, he was limited in practice today, just throwing off to the side, but it was mainly precautionary, and uh, Kyler Murray said that he isn't too concerned about it, so hopefully he can play. Yep. Next, uh, yeah, the Ravens. There's a COVID outbreak, a bad one, kind of like Tennessee. Seems like uh, everyone gets COVID when they have to play my Steelers. That's uh, nice. So I wonder what the common denominator is, Evan. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the team with no COVID cases. Sorry, well, one. Is it, it's kind of one, fishy, one you know? It's, yeah, they're, they're scared of them. What can I say? So you're saying it's the teams, <laughs> it's the opposing teams are using COVID as like an excuse? They're yeah, faking like, their uh, positive tests. Exactly. Like in college football this weekend where uh, one of the Florida teams uh, <laughs> tried to back out. That's hilarious. I don't know if you heard that story, but it was pretty awesome. That's pretty funny. Yeah, the game's still on with the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, the Ravens are, are practicing virtually. I don't even know how this world makes sense anymore, but they're practicing virtually. Um, they have five players and five staff members who tested positive. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to uh, Gus Edwards a bit later, but it's going to be the Gus bus this week, I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. Next year, I'll spare you the pain. I'll jump <laughs> on the McCaffrey injury here. He has not practiced, and the coach has mentioned that he is doubtful for Sunday. Or, actually, he mentioned that his injury is more week-to-week, -week, which... I mean, week to week in a game of this week is not looking so great. For <laughs> this week. Yes, so we think he won't be back until, well, he definitely won't be back this week. He has a bye. He'll come back yeah. probably for the start of your fantasy playoffs, hopefully. Yes, hopefully for those of us with two leagues and two uh, shares in CMC. That'll be me. Yeah. Uh, next, yeah. Next, we have Bridgewater. Um, he's gonna practice this week in a limited fashion. They sound more optimistic about Bridgewater playing, though. That has to be monitored. Uh, I don't have too much more on that. Ralph, do you know anything? No, uh, nothing more to add on that. Just that uh, PJ Walker played pretty well, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps it up. Uh, next we got here is Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got a foot issue. He did not practice, but his they haven't ruled him out for Thursday, so it's kind of like up in the air. We'll see how it goes. Uh, he practiced in a limited fashion today. I know that. Um, okay. I don't know if you saw his injury, but it was ridiculous. Like okay, he the ref on a flag, right? The ref threw the flag like right where he was walking, and like out of all the places to step, like he stepped on the weighted part of the flag. And it's, it's crazy. That's really something. Yeah, I've never seen that before. No, neither have I. It looked like he. It was like a banana peel that he slipped on. <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> yep. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, let's move uh, on. The Michael Perrine uh, in is helping Adam Gase in his quest to give Frank Gore as many carries as possible. He has a high ankle sprain and is on the IR. High ankle sprains usually four to six weeks, though I can't imagine you would want any part of the Jets running game behind that O-line anyways. Nope. And we'll move on to Austin Eckler. There's reports that he is going to be activated from the IR this week, which would put him in line to play this week, and that would be really great for fantasy managers to have him back. Yeah, um, Eckler was actually activated today, and... Uh, they're actually not 100% sure he's going to play this week, but yeah, he is close, so that's what I had heard as well. Okay, great. Next, Thielen uh, is on the COVID list. Um, they play Sunday, so usually if you go on the COVID list on a Monday, you technically have five days of negative testing to, uh, to clear. Um, so it's going to be tough, though. I think uh, 
I think it's going to be tough for Cleveland to play this week, and it's kind of a bummer because he's, I believe, the number one uh, PPR wide receiver at the moment. Yeah, he's been very good. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so next we have here is one of those Ravens players, more notably J.K. Dobbins, that ended up on the COVID IR. I also believe Mark Ingram got placed on COVID IR, so this just opens the way for the Gus bus, as we mentioned before. But we'll yep. mention that even more later on. <laughs> All right, uh, the Bears quarterbacks, Trubisky and Foles, Matt Nagy, uh, they're working through their injuries, which is coach speak, and that a uh, quarterback change is out of the realm of possibility, so he's going to roll with uh, one of Foles or Trubisky, I guess, whoever's healthy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we got here Kenny Galladay, uh, likely out. He didn't practice again throughout two days. I think they estimated yesterday not practice. Uh, today I don't believe he practiced, so chances are he won't be out there unless he happens to practice tomorrow. I'm not holding my breath on that one. But on the good news, Swift was a limited participant, so he looks like he might have a chance to get into the game on Thursday. So a question for you. If you're our good friend Nick, do you start Mike Davis against the Vikings or Swift in the Thanksgiving game? I think I would go with Mike Davis. He doesn't. His fingers didn't seem to really bother him. Um, <laughs> so I feel like PPR-wise, he's good, but, you know, don't discount the fact that Swift could end up with a long touchdown, and then he'll start blaming us for that long touchdown. Well, it's, yeah, it's tough for me because uh, Houston's run defense is, like, bottom four, so... But, uh, yeah, it's a tough call. Okay. Uh, next, what do we have? Uh, yeah, so some good news for the 49ers. Ray Mostert is designated to come off the IR, which is fantastic timing for your fantasy stretch runs. I don't know if he's going to play this week. It's something to monitor, but uh, if he's good to go, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty automatic start, in my opinion. Yeah, they mentioned the same thing about Jeff Wilson. So, you know, if one of them gets in there, that'd be great. Uh, next up we got here is uh, Big Ben, limited participant with a quad injury. But we, If we know anything about Big Ben, he's like one of the toughest guys in the league. So, I mean, he's Big Ben. He's going to be in. Yep. Uh, good news also on the Seattle uh, backfield front. Chris Carson was a full participant for the first 20 minutes, whatever that means. So I guess he was limited, really. But um, uh, he looked good. He took all the drills, and he was close last week. So if I had to, to bet on this, I would bet that Carson's probably in for the first time in the month uh, this week. Yep, that'd be great. Uh, so next up, I see you added some love for the kickers. <laughs> But you yeah. wrote, kickers got sores, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag I was reading on the injuries today, and there were a bunch of kickers with, like, minor, like, back, like, Zerlin has a back injury, and there were a few other things, Hopkins, and I was just like, okay, I'll find another kicker. All you were missing was hashtag ban kickers. That's all you were missing from this. I line. wanted to leave you the opportunity. Yeah. All right. So, and then we'll the last one is uh, just Sam Darnold. We're gonna sprinkle him in there at the end. He USC. looks. Well, sorry. USC. USC, and he looks like he could play, but there's some risk of reaggravation, which could lead to another two to three week injury. I mean, I don't know why they really had to include that. It's not like they're playing for a playoff and they're trying to explain to their to their fans about why Darnold isn't in. So, I don't know. Strange, yeah, I just threw that in there. Detail. All right, great. So, next up, I think we're going to go into uh, Week 11, Stars or Mars. Excellent. Yes, I guess I'll start us off. Um, I mean, the first guy is someone who was very close to me a couple of years ago. Then he got, I, and I traded for him at the beginning of the year to our good friend. I traded for him from our good friend Nick. And then he got hurt in the first half, and I didn't see him for the rest of the season. And that would be my a player that I love, Keenan Allen. That guy, this man, had a monster week. 16 receptions on 19 targets, 145 yards, and one touchdown. And you know, it says here one fumble, but it's like, who cares, man? Look, <laughs> killed it. 
Yeah, yeah, you're definitely happy with that. Uh, yeah, Herbert too came out just just chucking it all over the place against the Jets. Yeah, and he his upcoming schedule, you know, Buffalo, New England, Atlanta, Vegas, Denver. But when you you don't even check the schedule with Keenan Allen, he's just an automatic start week in and week out. So my second star I have here is Taysom Hill, the tight end eligible quarterback. <laughs> who had himself a pretty good day, 18 for 23, 233 yards. And, you know, what, nine of those completed passes went to Michael Thomas, so Michael Thomas owners are very happy about that. Yes. And, th- and then he had 10 carries for 51 yards and two rushing touchdowns and one fumble. This mm-hmm. hurts me because yeah. I was playing as our good friend Adamo, and I basically got hilled twice. Because he was playing Taysom Hill and he was also playing Tyreek Hill, so you got oof, hilled. That's rough. I got hilled. And looking at his upcoming schedule: the Broncos, the Falcons, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Vikings. These are all exploitable matchups, and because of that rushing upside, I think it could be a week in, a week in start as well. Yeah. Can I just add something on Taysom Hill? Go for it. So depending on the platform you play, uh, I think he's been removed from tight end eligibility now for for good reason, in my opinion. Yes, he has been, yeah. Yeah, so the thing with Hill is that he still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two years. So the Saints front office was quite divided over whether to start Winston or Hill, and ultimately Peyton made the decision because they want to see what they have in Taysom Hill. So this is pretty much his audition. He's gonna have to start throwing it, throwing touchdowns because uh, at a certain point, you know, the starting quarterback has to throw. So that's you just see my that opinion. happening in the KC matchup, but the Denver, Atlanta, Philly, Minnesota. I feel like the defense could do a good enough job to just make it a him running the ball, and yeah. apparently Alvin Kamara running the ball and not catching a single pass. Yeah, first time ever, by the way, that Kamara never uh, caught a reception in his career. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, that's a good short-term strategy for Hill. I mean, those defenses, he can probably run all over them. But uh, in the long term, if he's if he's going to want to be a starting quarterback, he's going to have to start uh, start throwing passes uh, more accurately, in my opinion. Yeah. So now my final star I'm going to mention is Mark Andrews. And the reason why I put him into this is because... not. Not because he finally had a good game. He's been performing pretty well this year. It's the fact that there's a tight end that's finally having a good game. Because we need more tight end performances. It's just, it's so sad that Jordan Reed, two weeks ago, was a top five tight end. He caught five passes for 62 yards. Like, no, stop this. We need better games from our tight ends. And please... Mark Andrews, for the love of God, keep on producing. It's un- it makes it pains me to see that it's only Kelsey dominating everything. Come on, let's get more guys up there. Let's get more people, more tight ends involved in higher scoring outputs. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Waller had a good game too, so maybe we can see a bit of uh, tight end resurgence. But uh, yeah, who knows? Okay. I'm going to get to my stars, unless you had something to add there. Nope. Okay, so my two stars, uh, my three stars, two of them come from the Monday night game between the suddenly bad in primetime Tom Brady's uh, Buccaneers and the suddenly starring in primetime Jared Goff. So my stars are Woods and Cup. Okay, they had a ridiculous amount of receptions uh, yesterday. Ralph, as you know, you were facing Cup as well, so that uh, I'm sure was amazing for you. Well, I mean, I was playing against Cup and Goth and Gronk, and I had Woods on my side. So the thing is, is that I figured at the end of the game, if if Woods could just make way more catches than Cup at the back half, I might be able to slowly creep in as long as Goth doesn't throw a touchdown. But uh, yeah, I couldn't make it in the end. Cup still kept on getting catches, and I couldn't catch up. Yeah, so here are the names of the top uh, fantasy scorers this week. Keenan Allen, Thielen, Deshaun Watson, and Robert Woods. He was the number four overall scorer this week. 12 receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown for 30 PPR points. Cup, 11 receptions, 
probably four or five of them on the for in the first quarter alone for 145 yards, 25.5 PPR points. So those are my two stars. Hopefully, um, we've seen the worst of the Rams receivers, and it'll only uh, get better going forward. My last star is someone particularly close to my heart, Dante Johnson. 12 receptions, 111 yards, and very close to a touchdown. That's 23 fantasy points. I think the Steelers have their number one receiver. Uh, the evidence is there. He gets double-digit targets every game that he's played from start to finish. Only injuries can slow him down. Uh, his route running is incredible. He cuts on a dime. He reminds me of it so much of, of Antonio Brown when he was you know, less of a head case. It was just something to watch Deontay Johnson, and I think I just traded for him, and I'm super happy I have him, and he's, he's going to be locked and loaded in my lineup every week. Even against Baltimore? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I, I'd have to see the COVID. Uh, I have I mean, to if choose between him and Cup. Who do you go with? Deontay Johnson and Cup? Who's Cup facing this week? Uh, Cooper Cup, I believe, is facing the San Francisco 49ers. All right, still go Deontay Johnson. They'll probably get more targets. And the Ravens have been practicing in a conference room, so they might not be ready to defend. Or I could just start them both, right? That's also true. I don't know who else you'd be benching, but yeah, or you can do what Tim does and agonize over a Claypool versus Evans decision every week, and they end up with the exact same amount of points. That's hilarious, yeah. Well, I'm debating because I have David Montgomery who's playing against the Packers, but he's still high. I don't think he's out of concussion protocol yet, so I'm monitoring that. But right now I, I do have Montgomery on my bench, and I do have Johnson and Cup in my lineup, so we'll see if... Uh, if I keep it like that or if I change it in the end. Yeah, if it's PPR, that's I think that's what I would do. Montgomery is pretty uh, pedestrian usually. It's not in PPR, it's in standard. So oh, it's standard? Why. Okay, yeah. yeah, so you have more of a decision to make then. Yep. Okay, you want to do your Mars? Yes. Or are we shipping off? Oh, we're shipping off Matt Stafford to Mars. But I really hope you could come back to Earth on... Thursday because I really need him for my stretch run. I have to choose between him and Andy Dalton. Like, oh my goodness. Why didn't I draft like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes in the first round or something at this point? Oh, it's such a pain, such a headache. Anyways, he went 18 for 33, 178 yards, and he had four carries for five yards. Like that's that's just not great. The thing about Matt Stafford though, he like Going into the third, going into the fourth quarter, actually, he had relatively the same numbers as what I just rang out. I'm just was praying. I'm like, he's pretty clutch in these fourth quarters. He's had a couple of uh, comeback wins. Maybe he'll just start throwing all over the Panthers, and it just did not happen. The Lions got shut out, and will the same thing happen to Texans? I really hope not. At home, I was telling Evan before this coming on, at home, he's been scoring over 22 fantasy points besides the first game. So he's playing at home on Thursday. All the bad match, all the bad scores he had before were all on the road. So I'm hoping he's going to be locked and loaded for another 22 points on Thursday. My second person that I'm shipping off to Mars is Travis Fulgham. My goodness, I traded for him. I was so excited. And he goes back-to-back -back games with run reception for eight yards. That is just yeah. a killer. I started him the first week. It hurt me. I lost. I learned from my mistake. I benched him the second week. And I was just like, okay, thank God. And I was able to win my matchup. He can't be trusted. But his matchup this week is so good. I'm not going to put him in because I still have Don't all those it. other good options. Like like I mentioned, I have Cup, I have Jefferson, and I have Deontay Johnson starting. So am I going to start Fulgham over any of these guys? I don't no. think so. No. So he's a good guy on the side. If he delivers this week, then it'll make my decision harder for when he has another plus, plus matchup. But for now, on the bench. Yeah, I, I had traded you Fulham in, as a throw-in in that, uh, what was it, Brady and Fulham, Fulham for Herbert. Herbert and yeah. I kind of had a feeling it would play out like this with uh, all the Eagles uh, starters coming back in, in the wide receiver core. 
and uh, also just Wentz is not. I don't even know what to say anymore. He was basically the MVP before he got hurt, and now he looks like just the middling, you know, Daniel Jones almost. Yeah, from what I heard, he's just holding on to the ball way too long. And I think there was a play this past weekend where he was running in his own end zone. He was running in his own end zone. He would not get rid of the ball. He had nobody open. He was running away from people. He still held on to the ball, and he ended up taking the the negative yards and the yeah. safety. So it's oh, wow. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then my third guy I'm shipping off to Mars is Matt Ryan, 19 for 37, 232 yards, two interceptions. Like, that hurt. And, you, you know, the main reason why is because Julio Jones got hurt. This guy seems to be Julio Jones dependent. He's been having really good games when he's there and not very good games when he's not there. Even with Calvin Ridley, even with Hayden Hurst, he still can't find a way to muster up a good game without Julio there. And he's got, like, some fairly decent matchups. You know, Vegas, New Orleans, maybe not New Orleans, but the Chargers after that. Like, those are some two pretty good games. After that's Tampa Bay KC. I mean, I might force more volume for Matt Ryan, but whether or not he's going to, you know, benefit from all that, it's yet to be seen. It's really, he's a really hard start over the many other options, other streaming quarterbacks you could find over yeah, this I next week. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Ryan is a no longer dependable starter. If, if Julio's out, which it seems like uh, it's a recurring hamstring issue with him looking too good for Matt Ryan. Nope. Okay. I am shipping off to Mars. So this is not really his fault, but I'm shipping Naheem Hines off to Mars because every time this guy has a good game, Frank Reich just says, mm, you know what, I don't like you anymore. So what did he end up with here? Let's see. Three rushes for 31 yards. Sorry, those are the, rece the receptions. Three receptions for 31 yards, two, count them, two rushing yards. And so that could basically be like a quarterback kneeling down forward. He had and, two more rush yards than you, Evan. <laughs> yeah, but I think I could have gotten two forward kneel-down rush yards. Probably. <laughs> yeah, anyways, he ended up with 8.3 PPR points. I mean, after a 20-plus point outing last week, I mean, if you started him, you were chasing points. I think that much is obvious. Um, yeah, so let's ship off Mr. Naheem Hines to Mars until, of course, he has another 20-point. Hmm. Next, Kareem Hunt. On paper, they were playing the Eagles and their questionable defense. The weather was terrible, which is usually good for running backs. And Chubb was in, too. And Chubb had started slowly, too. So you kind of expected Hunt to maybe get the line share that carries. That's not really what happened. Uh, Chubb ended up kind of going off for over 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, 11 rushing yards. <sighs> That's bad. One touchdown where he had to hurdle over a 6'3 defender. And then one reception for 10 yards. It's 9 points. I'm sure you were expecting more. And, you know, if you didn't get that touchdown, you would have been looking at a 3-point stinker from Kareem Hunt. My last guy. Uh, i got to just find him, but... The guy that I want to talk about is a tight end. It's no offense. Um, maybe Drew Locke playing more snaps will help this guy, but I just I think uh, it's see you later. Better luck next year for no offense this year. It's just nothing has gone his way. Um, you know, if I if I have to choose him or like a, a free agent tight end pickup, it's like you you almost want to start the tight end pickup, you know. This week, four receptions for 55 yards, nine and a half points. It's not terrible, but I'm putting him off to Mars just because of the overall body of work. Like uh, He started strong, 19 and 17 points, and then it's just been like 9, 8, uh, 0. So that was a stinker. 6. It's basically always under 10 points. So, yeah, no offense. Off to Mars. Bye-bye. Maybe yeah. you should send him to Mars. Maybe you should send him on like an ark down the river. <laughs> a man yeah, and a woman of every animal on the planet. He'll come back a new man. That's the hope. <laughs> All right, okay. so now we're going to be going into the waiver section. And this is going to be a pretty interesting waiver section because 
it's a couple of guys that okay we haven't really mentioned before but these are guys that are going to be very, very highly valuable and you should definitely check to see if they are available in your leagues and the first name i'm going to mention is Taysom hill mainly because of what we mentioned before he's going to be playing in some plus matchups denver and atlanta these next two weeks so we just saw him against Atlanta. He put up some really nice rushing totals. So I think for these next two weeks, if you have like that one push and you need that extra oomph to get into the playoffs and you have a quarterback with a tough schedule, well, he could be your guy for these next two weeks. The second player will be Mr. Jordan Reed, 29% rostered. This week against LA, it's kind of a it's a kind of a sucky matchup because the LA defense is really good, but they're actually middle of the pack against tight ends. And then the, he plays against Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, and Arizona, which is all very good. And these could be good games as long as he can stay healthy. and especially that George Kittle's not there, he might be back for the Arizona game. And a lot of their players are either on the old COVID IR or just on the IRs. So someone's got to throw it to somebody in San Francisco. They can't just run the ball 60 times. So Jordan Reed, I think he's going to be in line for a good 5 to 10 targets and 60 to 100 yards or 60 yards and a touchdown. I think that could, those could be in the realm of possibility. Very nice. My last player now is Gus the Bus Edwards. He is rostered in 3.2% of the NFL.com leagues. And both, like we mentioned before, Dobbins and Ingram are on the COVID IR. And the last time that Gus Bus played the Pittsburgh Steelers, he got 87 rush yards and one touchdown. He knows how to run against the Steelers. And I think he might be able to replicate this on Thursday night, especially with the feature role. It might be be it might happen especially if they keep on trying to shadow where Lamar Jackson is gonna go yeah so I'm pretty sure that they're gonna play contain on Lamar Jackson so it's gonna be a lot of the Gus bus um, if, if I'm the Ray I mean he doesn't catch many passes so that's just something to bear in mind in PPR leagues but uh, he's pretty much the only guy that doesn't have COVID in that backfield so I'd start him. The Steelers' defense is formidable, but you can actually kind of run against them. I think they're like ninth or 10th in terms of fantasy points against the running backs. It's not a matchup that should scare you that much. I mean, we've seen many running backs in the last few weeks have some degree of success against the Steelers. So if you have Edwards and, you know, at this time of year, a lot of the running backs are kind of banged up, you can put Edwards in. Okay. So I'm going to get to my two guys. I don't want to... It's not a strong waiver week, in my opinion, and at this point, you might be better served just kind of hanging on to your waiver priority or your uh, fab budget. Uh, I'm going to go with Demir Bird. His stats in Week 11 were off the charts. Um, he deserves to be rostered just because uh, they kind of got him involved in the rushing game too. 11 rushing yards, uh, six receptions for 132 yards and a touchdown. Newton loves him. Okay, like I don't, I don't know why he went quiet all of a sudden, but. The games where Newton targets him, he always does well. Um, the only thing is, again, the Patriots tend to game plan a lot, so they could have you know specific game plans that limit Bird's upside, so that's just something to keep in mind. The other guy I'd like to uh, point out, go check right now, stop what you're doing, go see if Sammy Watkins is a free agent, because he's only 30% rostered. I had him, I dropped him, I had him, I dropped him. Finally, my, my roster is just too good to, to keep him. So I'm sure he's out there, but he's Mahomes' number two uh, option uh, with respect to the wide receiver. There's just Kelsey, obviously, too, so he can argue he's the number three option. But when he plays, he's always between four to six targets per game, and it's Mahomes and it's Kansas City they're going to score. So those are my two guys for the waiver wire this week. Wonderful. So I hope now with waivers processing tonight that you end up getting all the players you need, especially look out for those backup running backs that can get a lot of work if the main guy gets hurt, or uh, look for those big names that are maybe coming back from injuries, coming off of buys that are on your waiver wire, and you can snatch them up and play them. Yep. Defense is two people. 
Definitely look at your defense, hundred percent. Seattle defense. <laughs> I think uh, people are too late for that one, though. They've been playing well the last few weeks. They're probably gone already. No, I don't think so. There's still people that believe um, that they're going to be a bad defense. But I have a feeling I'm going to pick them <laughs> up and I'm going to play them during the playoffs. If I make it, F, of course. So. Oh, is that what you were referring to today in the group chat? Yeah, that's exactly I what knew I was it. I, I had a feeling it had to do with Seattle. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All cool. right, so now we have here the Thanksgiving Day Games Preview Special. Um, we're going to do this real fast because these matchups can go on for very long. So I'll have you start with the Houston-Detroit matchup, Evan. Okay. Um, Houston-Detroit, uh, <laughs> what's there to say? They're in a dome, so weather's a non-factor. Um, I tend not to usually rely too much on the over-unders. Ralph, I don't know if you know the over-under for that one. No, it's low, no. though, I think. Yeah, I imagine that it's not huge. You can run against both of these defenses. Like, if I look at the Lions, the worst uh, run defense in fantasy, like 34 points a game, and Houston is at 30. So <laughs> I would expect both teams to either stack the boxes or run. It's going to be low scoring. Detroit might get Swift back. So, I mean, uh, he's, he's very, very startable if he plays. And he should have uh, the workhorse role with uh, the way Peterson played last week. It's a 51 and, and a half over-under. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. What was it? 51 and a half, which is not bad. Yeah, it's middle. Okay, yeah. Uh, Barry, sorry, by the way. I told you to start Peterson. That's my bad. Um, yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson also, uh, he might end up as the top quarterback this week. It's a good matchup. Stafford, I mean, you went into it before. He's at home. Yeah, I mean, I would start Stafford against Houston. Uh, Fuller, you're starting. It's kind of a sleeper tight end on Houston that you could consider starting too, actually. Yeah, Fels. Atkins, is that him? Atkins? Oh, I think it's Darren Fells still. Fells still? Yeah. I thought there was someone that did well last week. Yeah, here it is. Jordan Atkins, five receptions for 83 yards, and he's a free agent, actually, in our league. Yeah. Go pick yeah. him up, Evan. Oh, I traded Kelsey. Maybe I have to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's about it. Uh, I mean, all the offensive guys are startable here. The defenses aren't any good. Anything to add? On the Lions side, like, I don't know, Marvin Jones. Yeah. Start him. Because he's the only, he's like the main option there. DeAndre Swift, if he plays, you definitely start him, right? So, no, that's, uh, you covered it pretty good. Okay. I uh, will move on next to the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowboys. This is a 46 over under. It is also in a dome, so no weather concerns there. Uh, from the Washington side, I mean, they're playing against the Dallas defense. has actually been performing better, but still they allow big, big points. So Alex Smith, you could you could stream him. I think he could put up some fairly decent numbers. Antonio Gibson, you definitely want to start him. He's got eight touchdowns in the first 10 games of his career, which is uh, leading all rookies right now, which is pretty good. And the last time he played against Dallas, he went for over 100 yards. He had a really, really good game. Uh, McKissick, he's also a start. He's been Alex Smith's favorite target. So in PPR, he is a darling. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, he's also a start. He's an every week start. The guy's been getting like 70 yards every game. He's been heavily targeted. That's what you want from your wide receiver. Logan Thomas, even though he had a good matchup last week and didn't have didn't produce very well. I believe he could be a streaming tight end here. The Cowboys are have been giving up eight and a half points. And even if he hits that eight and a half points, that's probably gonna be like tight end two for the week or something. So definitely I think he could be a stream. On the defense side, you know, you could start the Washington football team. I mean, the Cowboys, can you really trust that Dalton's gonna stay mistake without any mistakes? I would bet against that he will throw a pick or two you know especially with chase young in his face the whole game so that's probably gonna be scary for him yeah i agree with that uh on the dallas side we're gonna be talking about andy dalton even though i was poo-pooing on how he can potentially uh throw a dud 
I think that with the options that he has and what he proved last week is that he could maybe do it again. He can maybe do this actually on a consistent basis. But will he do as well? Yet to be seen. Washington is a slightly better defense than the Minnesota Vikings, but it's not that much better. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott finally came back with a nice touchdown. So he had like a fairly good game. That was really nice for fantasy managers to see. So you're definitely starting him. Tony Pollard, the backup. I think he could be a flex. He had a really nice 42-yard touchdown run. I mean, that's how I feel like he's going to get his touchdowns on those long runs because if they get up close to the goal line, it's, that's Ezekiel Elliott territory. But Tony Pollard is a very good running back, and I could see him getting his opportunities. Amari Cooper and and CeeDee Lamb, I think they could both be good starts. Uh, they've both shown that they are going to get targeted in Dalton's gaming, you know, as his looks go. It's going to be Cooper Lamb and I think even Dalton Schultz. Unfortunately for Gallup, though, I don't think he's a sit because he's just too unreliable and you can't really trust Dalton to throw it uh, often enough to get it to everybody. So I think that Gallup's a sit. And the defense, I mean, you can't really trust them. So I think. I think they could be a sit, too, because Alex Smith is a very reliable quarterback and uh, turn, turns over the ball. I mean, he he always he seems to be throwing a pick every game, uh, especially during very big and important drives for the uh, football team. But um, I don't think the that's I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to protect the ball more and they're going to be looking at a huge division win. Okay, I don't think I have too much more to add to that. Um, I'll just quickly use a, a second to mention DFS. Uh, McLaurin Gibson stack wouldn't be a terrible play this week. No, definitely not. Okay, so Baltimore Pittsburgh. It's at Heinz Field, which is on the water. There's wind. Uh, we know that, but uh, Boswell's pretty reliable, and Tucker is literally Mister Reliable in the history of kickers. So, for once, I will be very complimentary towards our fellow kickers. Uh, 45 over-under, yeah, I expect it to be low-scoring, especially uh, with the Ravens. They're going to want to kill clock and keep Pittsburgh's offense in check. Um, yeah, Big Ben's limited. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for Pittsburgh to run. I think the game script here is going to be uh, mistakes. Whichever team makes the least amount of mistakes will win. I think that's going to be Pittsburgh. They're at home, and they, turn, they force turnovers uh, remarkably well at pretty much every level of the defense, so um, the start sits, Baltimore, Edwards, yes, start for sure, Lamar Jackson you don't think about too much, unless you have uh, another good option, but I mean it's unlikely. Uh, the defenses are both very startable in this matchup because it should be low scoring. And uh, Let's see, yeah, so the Pittsburgh receivers. Uh, Deontay Johnson is an automatic start. Uh, I mean, it's plus it's home Ben, and home Ben is always much better than road Ben. Uh, Juju, I don't know. I mean, matchup's really difficult uh, for Juju, and Claypool is going to be that touchdown-dependent uh, deep threat. Um, Roethlisberger, this is from being a Steelers fan, he does take deep shots against uh, Baltimore often. The potential is there for Claypool. Like, if I have to choose Juju or Claypool, I would definitely go Claypool. Uh, plus Juju's hobbled if he even plays. What about Claypool yeah. and Evans? Hey, yeah, for Tim, um, we'll anticipate his question for the third week in a row. Uh, yeah, I need, to, I need to know who Evans is playing, actually. Uh, Claypool's risky this week, that's for sure. Let me check that out. They're playing Kansas City. Okay, so I'd go Evans just because I expect that to be high scoring. Yeah, in this case, I'd go Evans, not Claypool. I think that's about it. Uh, Connor's a risk, but, I mean, running back's pretty uh, decimated at the moment. And also, lately I've noticed Snell, uh, they seem to like uh, vulturing touchdowns away from Connors. They've been using him at the goal line, uh, I think, two of the last three or four weeks. So that's just points taken away from Connor at the end of the day. Anything to add? Nope. I think you wrapped that up pretty nicely. Thank you, sir. All right, so next we're going to go into a sneak peek at my Turkey Day DFS. Uh, 
um, and hopefully this will produce a bountiful um, flavors of fantasy points. You know, you get your gravy fantasy points, and you get your cranberry sauce fantasy points, and we're going to start it off with every... I, I see my DFS lineup as a nice big holiday feast, and Deshaun Watson at the top is the, definitely the turkey. I feel like he's going to be the main meal, and he's going to carry me to a nice DFS day, and then we're going to pull it back with, you know, the complimentary dishes, you know, the mashed potatoes, maybe you got some mac and cheese, maybe you got some gravy, and here we got is Antonio Gibson and Gus Edwards, that's my running backs, perfect complimentary pieces, and Gus Edwards is a steal at 5200 on Fan Deal if he's the only one back there. And then on a wide receiver side, I got here Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Deontay Johnson, and in my flex, I put another wide receiver as Terry McLaurin. I think they're all going to be, you know, heavily targeted. At the tight end position, I picked Mark Andrews because wherever Lamar Jackson throws the ball to, you know Mark Andrews is going to be at the receiving end of it. And on the defensive side, I put, picked the Washington football team. But I could have easily gone with... You know, either the Steelers or the Ravens. Because uh, I think that's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I honestly, I don't really see many teams being um, smash plays defensively this weekend. I feel like they can all be high-scoring games. And uh, what do you think about that? I like it a lot. I might have missed it. Who who did you say your quarterback was? Deshaun Watson. Okay, yeah, so that's fine. Then. That's, that's by far the best choice, yeah. Watson at 8,700 is very reasonable, and yeah, I mean, Jackson's got a tough matchup, and historically he doesn't do that well against Pittsburgh. No. Uh, Baltimore, Ben Roethlisberger's not going to do as well either. Stafford, yeah, Dalton. Yeah, there's only one quarterback you have to go with this week. It's pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Uh, McLaurin, to me, is automatic also. Uh, Marvin Jones is a very nice value. I think I'd pretty much pick a lot of the same guys. Uh, like, even Deontay Johnson, he's only 200 more than Claypool, so that's kind of worth the investment. I was kind of trying to I was trying to fit in uh, Will Fuller, maybe, instead of Deontay Johnson, but I was $100 off, and I'd had to, like, sort of shuffle things around. We'll see how it goes. Oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, Washington football team on paper seems like a good investment, though. They're about 1,300 more expensive than the other defenses. The Cowboys at 3,300 aren't a bad uh, play. I know I, I played them last week in three of well, all three of my DFS leagues, and uh, here though the Redskins are 25th on FanDuel in terms of uh, opposing points allowed. So if you want to go cheap on the defense, the Cowboys aren't a bad option. And uh, again, something to bear in mind for DFS, even if a team like the Cowboys allows a ton of yards, it doesn't hurt them. So like, even if McLaurin gets his yards and Gibson gets his yards, at the end of the day, uh, the matchup here is pretty good for the Cowboys. So if you want to save the, uh, the uh, $1,300 or $1,400, go with, uh, you know, you'll get your Will Fuller if you switch the defense out. Just my two cents. Those are two cents that I will pocket, good sir. <laughs> Your right. advice is uh, often worth what you pay for it, though. I just keep that in mind. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to be going on to the last segment here of the day. It's going to be called free speech. And this is where we're going to be talking about anything fantasy football related, obviously. But we won't bring up any stats. This is just going to be us free talking about, you know, what's on our minds. And right now, uh, I think I'll go first, Damon. You don't mind if I go first? No, sir. I'm going to be talking about our league. We're going to be talking about the fantasy football PPR league that Evan and I are a part of. And, oh boy, standings-wise, I am hurting right now. Tenth spot, top eight, making it into the playoffs at four and seven. I am tied with three other four and seven teams, and we are chasing after two five and six teams and not quite sure if the two six and five teams are in it. But yeah, th there's, there's, you know, potentially four matchups there, 
but oh boy, you're playing against one of those five and six teams, and I would like to. It's it's a hard one because I'd like to see because you're playing against the guy you traded Travis Travis Kelsey to, right? <laughs> yeah, and Robinson. And because of you know my love for having those giant tight ends on your team, I would love to see him see him beat you. But at the same time, I would love to see you beat him because I would love to pass him. Look, I have nothing to play for anymore in the PPR league with a lot with two weeks left. I've clinched first. Um, uh, maybe uh, maybe I can do you a favor. How about that? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Yeah, just beat him for me. Beat him. Beat him nice and tough. I'm playing against actually a team that I think on paper should. be in the, he's tied with me in record at four and seven, but like, listen to this roster: Deshaun Watson, Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Hunter Henry, Cam Newton, and then Boswell and whatever the defense he puts in there. But like, that's insane that he's a four and seven roster, and I could potentially knock him out of the playoffs with this. Well, your team is quite strong, and like I was looking at it today at the because uh, our good friend uh, Steve Besner actually always uh, is also quite strong, and in fact, many in our league seem to think that uh, his team is better than mine, even though he's not in the playoffs and I'm ten and one. So I could see the argument. He's he's really really strong. I, I do not want him in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can to beat Lepore and hopefully. I can do what I can to beat this guy. We could do each yeah. other favors, you know? I mean, I'm yeah. not that far behind. Like, okay, so if we do matchup Stafford versus Watson, I mean, that's literally the same game. Like, that's, we'll, we'll know very early on who's going to have the advantage there. And then we got running back wise Jacobs and Gibson versus Henry and Jones. Like, that's tough, but Henry's playing Indianapolis and Jones is playing Chicago. So, those are like two really tough matchups. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. And then I firmly believe that Woods, Brown, and Thomas can keep up with Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Cam Newton. The, the only thing here is going to be tight ends. And this is where I wish I could have a Travis Kelsey because Jordan Reed versus Hunter Henry. Oof. I mean, right now, Reed is projected to score more, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does score more than Hunter Henry, but I feel like whoever has the better tight end uh, performance, it might pull this out of the bag. Look, the projection here for you and, and Steve is is 126 to 115 in favor of Steven. So, like, yeah, his matchups are pretty bad. Um yeah, this is a good team, man. I'd, I'd be scared of, of Steve's team. Your team is amazing also, actually. Now that I look at it, uh, your receivers or your running backs are, are very uh, consistent. Jacobs and Gibson. Two RB1s right there. Yeah, no, they are. They actually are RB1s. And the Woods, A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, and the Flex. Like, yeah, this is, these two teams. Uh, I'd actually kind of want both of you out now that I look at it. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, if I win this week, I knock him out. And if I lose next week to the team that's one game ahead of me, then he knocks me out. So that's very possible. All right. Awesome. Yeah. No stats. You know, I just, I really want to win. So yeah, I need yeah, to defend especially. my title. I need to defend my title. Yeah, you won both last year. That's kind of uh, my hope this year because I have two super competitive teams and I want to go for the, the double also. Oh, but I'm I'm taking standard like there's no one who's stopping me you lost three times you could lose again that's true that's true <laughs> i lost i lost actually a week to iggy who's out of the play i think i lost maybe two matchups to guys out of the playoffs so did i beat you i don't remember i don't think so uh, i started three and oh so i think i lost to pretty much everyone after that let's take a quick peek here at my schedule and I lost to Adamo week one, so I have to give him some revenge. And I lost to Orso's team, who was in second place. And I lost to a non-playoff team. So okay, right, I have then. some revenge to dish out to Adamo because he did beat me last week. And he also beat me in standard week one. So, so far I'm 0-2 versus him. He seems to be like my kryptonite, so Adamo's I got to beat him now. <laughs> He's the hill you're gonna die on. 
that's another thing, man. He in our group chat, he rarely messages. And then this <laughs> week, when I'm in struggling, so much pain to try to make the playoffs, he comes in, he beats me, he says, "Ha ha, sorry, Rob." Yeah, God. He, just, he twisted the knife a bit deeper. Gosh, that that hurt. That hurts. All right. Anything else to add? No. Your turn. No. All right. My free speech here is going to be about trading. Some of our league mates need to listen with both ears to this. The point of a trade is not to screw over another guy so badly that he will never want to trade with you again. The point of a trade is to assess the two rosters and their compatibility and attempt to find a win-win solution. Now, I often say this in any negotiation, but particularly in the most important thing in life, fantasy football. Um, you need to, um, how can I say this? If both sides are unhappy in a trade, it was probably a good deal. If one side really, really thinks they won, you know, then chances are it wasn't a good deal. The other thing I'd like to say about trading is you have to give up value to get value. This came up in the Kelsey discussion the other day, and it made me start thinking about how, you know, I had started discussing trades for, um, for uh, I wanted to get Mike Davis from someone just as a handcuff, and I, I basically thought he had two weeks left. You know, in the end, he had three weeks left. Okay, so fine. The guy was so unreasonable. He wanted, like, Aaron Jones and James Robinson for, like, a guy that had zero value beyond that week. And I was like, you know, and I was working with him. I was like, okay, you know, if, if you want Robinson or Jones, I don't mind. But, you know, give me, you know, A.J. Brown back. You know, I need receiver help and you need running back help. So that's thinking win-win. But he just wouldn't even answer the text. He was just blatantly trying to screw me over. So, you know, guys like that, I, I honestly don't even waste my time trying to trade with them anymore. You know? Um, you know, our good friend Iggy is, is actually quite uh, enjoyable to trade with. He understands that both sides are going to have to give up something and it's going to hurt. So that's all I want to say about that. Anything to add? Trading is actually one of the funnest parts of fantasy football. I mean, okay, so I rank it as the draft and then trading and then the actual results of what's happening. Like for me, the, the part I hate the worst is that if Sunday night and Monday night actually means something because it gets me so stressed. And then, like, I even messaged you guys ahead of time saying I might complain a lot because of this Sunday night matchup. And it happened. I complained a lot. And, yeah, so back to trading. I really do enjoy trading. I always try to make a few trades every year because, you know, no team is perfect. You want to try to upgrade schedule-wise. You want to try to get shares of a particular offense. You know, those things happen. And definitely those are things that you definitely need to you need to try because, like I said, unless you're playing in a two-team league, there are no perfect rosters, so... Yeah, do you ever uh, do you ever trade for guys that you want to root for? Because that that happens to me sometimes. Where I'll go out and get like the Steelers, just you know. Of course, they have to produce. Like I think numbers before anything. But you know, if there's a Deontay Johnson producing, then yeah, I'm gonna go out and get him. I want to cheer for him. I, I guess it really depends how I feel about them at the start of the season. Because like I mentioned earlier in this episode, I traded for Keenan Allen because I was a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. And then he got hurt. Like at halftime of the first game, which kind of screwed me over, but I was super excited for that half. And sometimes, <laughs> like David Johnson's another guy that I really liked, and I was thinking of training for him, but the other guy wouldn't budge. And, you know, every once in a while, I look for players that I really like, and I would really like to have them on my team and root for them. So it happens, definitely. Like Travis Kelsey, I, it's funny because I'm, as soon as Lapore got him, I messaged him to see if he wanted to trade for Tra <laughs> tra knew Travis it. Kelsey. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had offered me, because he wanted uh, Jacobs from me. Who? Josh Jacobs. Oh, okay. He's a top five running back right now. And we were talking like something pretty big. Uh, but he ended up shifting some of those assets towards you. But then when then he came back with Travis Kelsey, I was like, hey, Jacobs, Travis Kelsey, maybe we, think we can make something work there. But uh, he didn't uh, budge either. Yeah, I think people are slowly becoming wise to the Kelsey factor. Yeah, it's a pretty big factor. Yeah. 
But anyways, that was pretty fun. I think yeah. we could do that like almost every episode because I feel like we have a lot to complain about on a on a fairly daily basis when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, we wouldn't want to infringe upon our rights to free speech. Oh, of course not, especially on a day where we're supposed to be thankful. I am always thankful for my freedom and free speech, hundred percent every day, all day. Anything else you want to add there, Evan? Uh, no, sir. Just uh, happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners. Uh, we seem to have expanded to Texas and Alabama now, so that's fantastic. Uh, keep listening, everyone. Uh, we love doing this every week. Uh, stay safe, and uh, God bless. Yes, stay safe, everyone. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we'll see you on Friday. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, and may the fantasy gods be ever in your favor.